Don't turn it off now. You need this stuff. Tampa Bay's Tantalk Radio Network. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends Corey, Jed, and Kurt at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. This is Robert from Nostalgic Video and Cars, here to tell you about Bellador's Pizza and Pasta, where the food is fresh, the sauce homemade, and the price is fantastic. They offer Chicago-style stuffed crust pizza, New York-style pizza, calzones, strombolis, pasta entrees, beer wine, and great desserts. They even make the bread fresh daily. Hey, they offer catering, and any order over 10 bucks, free delivery. So give them a call at 727-581-5000. Place your order now. They're located at 131 Clearwater Lager Road near downtown Largo. Or visit their website, belladorspizza.com. up no money. Says he wants to go for the cars. His Chevy against yours. He thinks he can take them, but he don't want to go unless you say so on account of you own the car. What's he got in it? Don't know. Won't raise the hood or say nothing. Man, a lot of money changing hands on this. I say go ahead. that you dragged the other night, I owned that. I had that Chevy beat my mile. Not from where I sat. I guess we'll never know. 
so we both lost. Come on, I'll buy you a cup of coffee. Hey, wait a minute. What's the matter with you? I just sprung you from this joint. You want to go back in? Could I have another receipt, please? Rick, there's my card. You see, I fool around with all kinds of racing. I even sponsor fellows that can drive really fast. Are you interested? You're eight. You mean it's got an intersection? That's right. You guys have to be crazy to drive in a race like that. They're in the first lap of figure eight racing as Wilson, Curtis, Turner, Kimball, Jones, McCoy, Johnson, and Joukowsky into the turn, and there'll be two or three cars coming through the intersection near the straggler. Now, hey, look out! Look out! Look out! There's action here tonight and a big crowd at Ascot Park watching figure eight racing. thing I've ever seen. This isn't racing, it's just plain. You think you'd like to try it? Hell, <laughs> no chance. I think I'd rather go back to the joint. The boy is into the infield and the race is on and they're running again. on the last lap. The 58 car wins and Hawk Sidney. The Hawk is one another. Hey, he's cutting. He's clever. Here he comes with a checkered flag. He's that boy of racing. Let's give him a handful. Uh-oh. A lot of booing for the Hawk. They don't like the way he went yeah. to the racing. But he is... Ah, he's in <laughs> Yeah. That's Hawk Sidney. He's the one that usually wins. That's one of my cars he's driving. The trophy girl will be Oh, yeah! Okay, he's a fast one with the Yeah? Uh oh, somebody booed him and he kissed her again for good reason. He gets as much of a kick out of the boo as he does this year. <laughs> up with him and go on. All this racing. There's motorcycle Come racing on, I'll buy you here at Ascot every Friday night. They'll be dancing till two o'clock in the morning at the 190 Club. Yeah. Hey, Mason Custom Car came himself. <laughs> really straightened them out, didn't we? All that purse money and not even a scratch on that famous plum purple pearl flake paint job. It's called Pearl Plum, and it takes 14 coats. Yeah, that's right. Hell, I don't know. I sprayed that stuff on all day long. Say, Hawk, 
I think I got a real challenger here for you. If we can persuade him to come into the game. Yeah? This little guy here? Hey, boy, you gonna race with us? I don't know. I got the gun. <laughs> what you mean is, you don't think you're dingy enough. Because everybody knows you gotta be dingy to run figure eight. Especially Mr. Willard here. Is that right, Grant? Bob, bring the hawk of beer. Hey, yeah. Now listen there, boy. You know why I'm the winner? Dingy is there is. So when they see me coming through that intersection, they just naturally back off. Because they know I ain't gonna stop for nobody. So when you see me coming, you best get out the way. Some dingy is there is. Right? Right. <laughs> That's why I drive a California Custom. Grant Wilk. I'm a businessman, Hawk. I need a winner. <laughs> you got one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hello out there, Peabody and Sherman here. Set the Wayback Machine. We enter the Wayback and we're immediately hurtled back through time and space. Hey, this is Danny the Count Coker from Counting Cars out here in Las Vegas. And I love listening to nostalgic radio and cars. And you better listen to them too. Okay, listeners. Okay, li- Okay, listeners. Man, I... Okay, listeners, welcome. You're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. I think we're having some technical difficulties. Nothing? Okay. Anyway, hey, run your computers in Google, Tantalk1340.com, and you can see us live here in the studios in downtown Clearwater. Don't forget to check out our website, GolfstreamMotorsports.com. If you've missed any of our past shows, you can visit our podcast, Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, Gulfstream Motorsports, and... Nostalgic Radio and Cars. How you doing this evening, Chris? I'm tired. You're tired. Do I sound it? Yeah, no offense or anything like that. Is it? Is uh, does? Do I sound okay out there? Because yeah, it's, uh, it's really screwed great. up in my. Uh, it might just be your headphones. My headphones. Yeah. You know what? I might have to change those because I can. I sound okay, right? Yeah, everything's fine. Really? Okay. Wow. It sounds really weird in here. Problem with those things. Um. When was anyway, the last time you got your ears checked? Last time I got my ears checked. Yeah. Um. Many, many, many moons ago. Maybe you should. Uh, you sure you don't hear any crackling or anything like yeah. that? Really? Yeah. Okay. I guess I got a lot of editing to do, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. It's just in your ear. Anyway. All right. Um, well, you know, it's really weird. I was just looking at the thing here, and somebody else has got some other uh, different uh, attachment here. I'm not sure. Probably when we go to a music thing, I will uh, change that because it's it's crackling in my ear. But anyway. Hey, it's you know it's radio. Anything's possible. I always have to put this disclaimer out there that uh, it's radio, it's technical, it's digital, and anything's possible. Okay. Anyway, that sounds better. What the hell happened now? You okay? Do you sound okay? What? Now I now it sounds fine. I'm telling you, it's the it's whatever those headphones. You probably just moved in a direction and the wire caught something. Huh. Okay. Well, anyway, everything's fine. Everything's fine. Okay. Everyone's Maybe. like, "What are you talking about? Everything, everything's everything's our everything's listeners. Good. You're our, the only one who has a problem. I'm the only one who has a problem. You know, you know. This reminds me. About, shut up and keep it to yourself. Shut up and keep it to myself. Okay. No, no. About three weeks ago or four weeks ago, when we had festivals of speed in St. Pete, I was the MC, right? And what we did is we had the audio guy was set up in the center, and Bobby was there with him as well. And what happened was is that he runs these cords to these remote speakers all over the field. Well, what would happen from time to time is people would kick the the, the wires. And all suddenly I would go dead. Now, the problem was, is I thought the whole thing was dead, just kind of like I did a few minutes ago on the radio show. And really what happened in all reality is it's, it's just on my end. So what I was listening to was dead. So here I am. I'm going, hello, hello. 
and I'm tapping into the thing, tap, 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 tap. And then all of a sudden, Bobby comes running over there because he was helping the audio guy. And he says, no, 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 you're fine. You're just dead on this side of the field. You're not dead on the other side of the field. And then we also found out that people, because some of the speakers were set up next to the vendors, and the vendors really didn't want to hear my happy, smiley, joyful automotive voice. So what they did is they jerked the plug out and unplugged the speaker. So again, if I was in the vicinity of that particular speaker, I didn't hear anything, and suddenly I thought I went dead. So... That's the disclaimer, that's the honest truth, and that can happen, and it is radio, it is digital, it is electronics, and anything's possible. But let me bring up the speed of what's going on. Hey, by the way, happy Easter, everybody. Happy Easter, Chris, because Easter is this weekend, right? Sunday. Man, I had came, no idea. It came up real quick. I know, you were, you were um, probably, well, you're like me, you thought it was like in the middle of April sometime, right? I did, well, I mean, it's not that I didn't, it's not that I don't know that it's typically in the month of April. I just didn't realize that it was... This quick, huh? Yeah. I mean, wow. I don't know. It's right on us. So. And it usually is somewhere between the end of March and end of April. Yeah, that's true. First or second week of April. I guess I just didn't... I, it I, slipped I your mind. I wasn't thinking. I mean, I, it just seems like this entire three months we've had holiday after... First, it's New Year's. Then it's President's Day. Then it's Valentine's Day. Then it's St. Patrick's Day. I mean, if you really want to go into it, there's a holiday. Tomorrow's here. April Fools. Oh, that's right. Oh, this show's not even happening yet. No, this is not. This well, is not, this is a joke. This yeah. April Fools. Ha ha. This is not a live show. That's what it is. You you were messing around with the mic, and that's what it was. You're giving me a day early April Fools gag. That's what it was because you wanted me. To make a fool out of myself on the radio. Okay, I got it. I wait, got wait, it. hold on. Did you just say I wanted? I was trying to make a fool out of you on the radio. I think that you can do that on your own. I could do. I'm pretty. I'm pretty capable of doing that on my own. Anyway, all right. So let me tell you what's going on this week. All right, this weekend or not this week. Well, this weekend's um, obviously Easter, but uh, next weekend is um, the big auction down at Punta Gorda. It's called. Uh, Premier Auction Group is putting on an auction down at the Muscle Car City, down in Punta Gorda. So if you haven't been to the Muscle Car Museum, this might give you an opportunity to kind of kill two birds with one stone, because you can go down there on uh, Friday and Saturday, and it's the 10th through the 11th, and it's the Premier Auction Group, and they're having something like 300 cars. Now, yours truly will be down there, because I'm going to be writing, doing the auction analysis reports for Sports Car Market and uh, American Car Collector, again, one of the best magazines that really points out you know, and keeps tabs of, of the values of, uh, of of the collector car market for us, the collector car world, so to speak. All right. Also that weekend in Homestead is the SVR races, SVRA, Sports Car Vintage Racing Association. And uh, that is the 9th through the 12th. That's at Homestead. In fact, last weekend, if you tuned into our show, you'll probably recall that we had two of the representatives from SVRA. We had uh, TC on. She's the VP of marketing. And we had uh, Ray can't remember his last name, but Ray on, and he is the director of, uh, of, of of the racing programs. And then let's see, also next weekend is the Florida Toe Show. Now, I used to take my son to that all the time. That's up in Orlando, and that's if you're in the wreckers and, and rollbacks and uh, anything to do with dragging cars off the side of the streets and putting in, putting them in an impound yard or towing them from point A to point B, whether you got uh, a, a, your, your basic uh, tow truck, your rollback, or a big heavy, Florida Toe Show's got some really cool, exciting stuff, and it's free. It's open to the public, and uh, if you get a chance, you might want to stop by there and see some really cool stuff. Matter of fact, it's a lot of fun for the kids because all the big trucks are there with their big rotators and their lights and their sirens and their horns. And actually what they do in some cases, they actually do exhibitions there where they roll over a big semi or something like that. And then they have a competition where a couple of the you know well-known record guys in the state of Florida will actually compete against one another, try to flip the trucks back over and right side them, right them up, so to speak, as they say. So I put them back on... <laughs> I like that. I like Harry, Harry Carey. He was pretty cool back in the day. Anyway... Um, 
Let's see. What else we got going on? Okay, Bear Jackson. That's the 17th or the 19th. That's the following week. And then also Sunday the 12th in our own backyard right here. Uh, Yoho's is doing the uh, down at the uh, Showtime Speedway. They're having a car show, swap meet, and some drag races. That's Sunday the 12th. And with a little bit of luck, I'm going to have a really, really busy weekend. And I'm going to try to kill all three birds with one stone. What is Yoho's? Yoho's is a towing company in, in St. Pete or in uh, Pinellas Park. It's okay. His name is actually Robert Yoho. Oh. I know. I know. I know. I, I can I can see the it's, it's one of those names I'm sure when he was growing up he was probably picked on a lot but he's actually a real nice guy in fact what was interesting I actually saw some commercials and I think they were they could have been on TV or maybe they were on YouTube oh I know what it is if you go to the website Showtime Speedway he actually has some uh, stuff and it kind of reminds me of an old Barnum and Bailey type kind of guy you know gets up there and does some corny little stuff and uh, he's in his little racing u- uniform and kind of reminds me of the the classic 60s 70s kind of commercial you know where kind of like a, a ringleader at a circus or something like that talking about his racetrack so do it's you- pretty cool. Do you think that if he ever got pulled over one day for, like, drinking and driving, the cop, when he walked up to the window, would look at him and say, Yo-ho-ho, I see a bottle of rum? Very possible, especially during Christmas, right? (laughs) Yo-ho-ho, arr! Uh, If he was in the car with a woman and a bottle of rum, it would be yo-ho-ho and a bottle of rum. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm trying to get him as a sponsor, so we got to be careful with that one. Robert's actually a pretty nice guy. I used to buy junk from him back in the day. I used to buy some stuff out of his impound yard. But uh, anyway, so uh, let's see. What else we got going on? Oh, this past weekend, I went down to visit our buddy uh, Slick at Slick's Garage. He had a little uh, afternoon. or How's he doing? He's doing real good. He had a car show slash a uh, little charity fundraiser thingy out there. And uh, he was telling everybody that he's not doing his show with Velocity any longer. He's actually signing up to do another show. Didn't that just start? Yeah, well, they what they did is they did a pilot. They did like six or seven episodes to kind of like, you know, they want to see how the show's going to go. And then what they do is they do like these, it's kind of like a pilot program. So they run the shows. They do six episodes. They put them out in the market. They test the market, see how it does. The show gets a lot of, you know, audience reviews or, you know, people, you know, whatever, Nielsen's thing, you know, ratings deal. Right, right. Then they, then they go on with it. But I guess there was just a difference of opinion between them and the producers and whatnot. You know, that, that sometimes, you know, those things happen. And uh, so he uh, basically made kind of a, like a little announcement and he was kind of real upbeat about it. it. says he's going to be relocating to South Florida and they're going to be doing a TV show out of South Florida, which is kind of cool because you got Ted Vernon down there who does uh, South Beach Classics or whatever it is. I don't know if you've ever seen that TV show. And I've known Ted on and off, geez, 20-some-odd years, 30 years ago. I used to go down there because he'd always have Shelbys and Porsches and all kinds of cool stars, Maseratis and whatnot. And he's a, he's a character, him and his wife. They do this TV show. It's called South Beach Classics. And basically, they just buy and sell cars, and it just kind of goes through the little episodes, the the ins and outs, do's and don'ts, and, and all the trials and tribulations of trying to sell classic cars. You know, of course, like a lot of the cars that you buy today, you know, you'll find those cars and they'll be at uh, collector car auctions and stuff. And you really got to look at the cars close. And, you know, one of these days, what I'm going to do is I'm going to do a whole show just about collector cars and how to buy and sell them and what to look for and stuff like that. That's, uh, you know, uh, especially when you go into auctions and stuff buying cars, because you really need to look at the cars. The auctions are good from the standpoint that there's a good selection of cars there, but you really got to look at what you know. Look at the cars because the bad thing about an auction is you don't always know if they run real good, if they're all put together all 100%, or if they were just slapped together just to run through the show to look pretty. And you know you don't want to get a pig in a poke. Of course, it's all relative to what you pay. But anyway, hey, I think we got something spinning around on the turntable there, don't we? Something kind of vintage and classic from the old school days. How about? I think we're gonna do a little because we did. <laughs> no, not that one. Um, man, my, I swear, my, i got to check these headphones out. They're not doing their thing. But um, this is a little s- 60s. Is this Electric Banana? The Electric <laughs> Banana Band. And it's yeah. called Pretty Girl. No, Street Girl. Yeah. Street Girl. Okay. Winner, winner. 
Winner, winner. Banana dinner. The banana dinner. Okay, hey, you're tuning into Nostalgic Radio Cars. Don't touch that dial. I'm going to go fix my audio because it's still crackling in my ears. But hey, that's what makes the show interesting. You know, you got to have contrast, right? Got to have stuff going on. Anyway, stick around. We'll be right back. We've got a special guest for you this evening. You are tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Don't go away. This is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kurt at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. This is Robert from Nostalgic Video and Cars, here to tell you about Belladora's Pizza and Pasta, where the food is fresh, the sauce homemade, and the price is fantastic. They offer Chicago-style stuffed crust pizza, New York-style pizza, calzones, strombolis, pasta entrees, beer wine, and great desserts. They even make the bread fresh daily. Hey, they offer catering, and any order over 10 bucks, free delivery. So give them a call at 727-581-5000. Place your order now. They're located at 131 Clearwater Lager Road near downtown Largo. Or visit their website, belladorspizza.com. Okay, we're back, and you're tuned into Nostalgic Radio on Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. And, uh, you know, at the beginning of the show, I played a uh, movie clip from 
an old movie that came out back in the late 60s. It was called Pit Stop, and it was kind of about figure eight racing. And I guess one of the reasons why I played that is because uh, I know Showtime's doing their thing, and they've opened, opened up the, um, the drag race track, and they've opened up the round and round track again. And uh, I just remember going back in the, in, the, in the 70s. I used to go out there, and I used to watch figure eight racing. And there was a couple of guys around town who used to collect Mustangs. They were called the Myers Brothers. Pretty nice guys. And uh, I just remember watching those guys out there doing figure eights, and I thought, that is absolutely insane. I just cannot believe that anybody would actually take these, these cars. I mean, they were extremely rein, well-reinforced. But keep in mind, you know, the technology that we had back then, they were just using basic pipe. I mean, the guys that had money would use chromoly, but a lot of the guys just used regular steel pipe, and they were in these cages together but those guys would go through the intersection you'd watch them they'd kind of speed up and slow down and try to miss each other but every once in a while you get some guy that was a real hot shot and he would literally try to bombard through there and just blast the crap out of somebody and you see this guy just flip over and over and over and over and and it's amazing there weren't as many fatalities as there could have been but uh, fortunately most people walked away pretty much uh, unscathed you know and i mean it's not like they all had fire suits and stuff like that and state-of-the-art safety equipment but uh pretty pretty much a daredevil there if you if you think about it i think we're going to go ahead and uh fire up the turntable a second and then we're going to go ahead and get our guest on the line we're going to be talking about racing a little bit later we're going to talk about some sports car stuff we're going to talk about auctions and uh, we got a very interesting guest coming for you so uh stick around you're tuning into nostalgic radio and cars and we'll be right back I may have the price 
Sometimes I get twice as nice and they still have to pay that bill. I can't say everything's okay riding in my car. But I got me a deuce and a quarter, baby. She goes like a shooting star. She's a Detroit boy. Juice and a quarter, baby. She's a Detroit boy. Juice and a quarter, baby. The man, Carol Shelby, engineer, race driver. The car, the Shelby Mustang GT. To build my kind of car, I had to take an existing car and modify it. I could have chosen any set of wheels I wanted. I picked Mustang. Mustang is styled right. Lean and strong looking, not fat and round. And Mustang has that long list of features and options. I'll tell you, when it comes to imitations, I've seen some, but competition for the original, I haven't seen any. Only Mustang makes it happen. These aren't just words, it's a fact. Ford has a better idea. Hey, this is Jack Roush, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio on Cars. Okay, we're back. And you're tuned into Nostalgic Radio on Cars, and it's time to introduce our special guest the evening. I'm sure a few years ago, you guys used to watch uh, all the cool TV shows like I did back in the day. And uh, one of my favorite shows actually was a show that was based out of Canada. It was called Dream Car Garage. There was actually two guys. There was uh, Tom Natchaw and Peter Clute. And Peter is alive and well, and he's here with us this evening, and he's also the co-host of a really cool TV show called What's My Car's Worth. I'm delighted to welcome to the show this evening, Peter Clute. Peter, are you there? I am, Robert. How are you? Pretty good. So, uh, are you up in the Great White North today? Yeah, it's finally starting to crank over, oh, about 40 degrees now. 40 degrees? Yeah. Wow. Is there still all that white stuff on the ground? No, it's all gone, but it's uh, it's taking its time getting warm up here. Wow, wow, wow. So, how you been? Uh, it's been good. It's been good. Long winter, and uh, we're pulling out the cars and, you know, dusting off some of the cobwebs and getting out for a drive already. Super, super, super. So, hey, give us a little background. Tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, how you kind of got into the car thing. I was reading up on you a little bit. I know I think one of your first cars was a uh, Ford Mustang, true? It was, a 71 Mach 1. Uh, I bought that car when I was 15 years old and um, started fixing the car in the driveway. It was it was literally wrapped around a telephone pole. I bought it for a couple hundred bucks, and my dad was a welder, taught me how to weld, so I stitched on a quarter panel, painted it in the driveway, and sold it for about 2400 bucks, and I thought that was a lot better than delivering newspapers. <laughs> okay, and then uh, what did you do after that? What was your next car? Uh, next, I was a big Ford guy back then, so the next car would have been a 65 Mustang, and I turned it into a Hertz sort of clone, but I had a Boss 302 in the thing, and, you know, a Tunnel Ram, and two 660s, you know, hanging. Oh, really? The, yeah, so I built that next, and then... Uh, Boy, after that, I had a 69 Shelby, a 68 Shelby, and then I had a Corvette and just a, a list of cars. Wow. Now, going back to the the Mustang with the tunnel ram, that sounds like you were into drag racing a little bit. That's more of a drag race setup, right? Well, that was more street racing than drag racing. Oh, street we racing. Have, oh, yeah. We used to have a place uh, up at Weston and Finch, and we'd go up there at about uh, you know, 1, 2 in the morning, and then we'd actually drive down the 400 and pull off on the side of the the main highway here and do a little street racing. 
Oh, okay. A man after my own heart, street racing. I love it. Great. That's when it was safe. That's when it was <laughs> yeah, safe and you could get away with something. Hey, tell us, the cars up north, up in Canada, do they salt the roads pretty bad or do you use sand? I mean, do you guys have the rust issue like they do, let's say, like in Detroit and Ohio and places like that? Yeah, they, they used a lot of salt back in the day. still do, and it's just, it's it's not good for the cars. What's your take on, on restoring cars that, because um, I know that's part of your, your mainstay, your main business these days, and uh, so what's your take on cars when they, when you've got to replace almost, you know, some cases 65, 70% of the car and bring them back from the dead? Yeah. Actually, the, the big part of our business is buying and selling cars. Last year, we sold 447 cars, but we do do a lot of restoration. That's, you know, we've always done restoration. As far as your question goes, the, um, you know, 25 years ago, I'd call a guy uh, in California and say, you know, I'm looking for the back clip of a car. I need quarters, trunks, the rear trunk, frame rails, the, the whole bit. And he'd send up half a car and you'd put it together and nobody would think any different of it. Today, the idea is to save as much of the original sheet metal as you can. And uh, so it's a, it's a little different world where you're really, you know, if, if you have rust in the lower quarters 20 years ago, you would just replace the quarter. Today, we'll repair just what needs to be repaired. Same thing with the doors. Instead of replacing the whole door, we'll repair the corners of the doors. Well, that, that makes a lot of sense because we talk about that on the show from time to time. And I try to emphasize that you want to keep as much of the original car as possible. And since patch panels are available and if you're talented with a welder and and a little bit of sheet metal you can uh pretty much bring it back yeah and and then you know a lot of the european cars uh you can't buy patch panels for a ferrari or you know pantera or you know aston martin so you're making a lot of the pieces and it's easier to make a piece than the whole panel and actually it's it's a better way to go you're you're preserving more of the original car you mentioned that uh, you buy and sell a lot of cars. I was at Boca about a month ago, and I ran into a gentleman. I believe this is how the story goes, and he had a Brittany Blue 67 Shelby GT500. Does that ring a bell? And I believe he bought it through you. Uh, yeah, it was probably a Brittany Blue 350. Okay, yeah, maybe that's what it was. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we sold a car down to him. It was a it was a real neat car, and uh, we bought that car from the original owner, and then. We painted the car for him and, and uh, you know, did a little cleanup on the thing, and he's just enjoying the heck out of that car. Let's talk a little bit about that. Um, since you do a lot of these cars, so you're, you're pretty much of the mindset that if you have a car that's relatively original, but to make it presentable, simply tidy it up, paint job, maybe some little interior work, and try to keep it as close to original as possible. Fair statement? Yeah, absolutely. I, I love original cars, and... Really, if you can preserve the paint, you know, if it is truly original paint and it's got some nicks and scratches and, you know, even if it's had a couple of blow-ins, I'd rather not do anything to it and leave it than repaint the whole car. But if it's already been repainted once or twice, then it really doesn't matter. Okay. The Most of the cars that you buy and sell, where do you, geographically, where do you get them from? Literally all over the world. Um, you know, the majority of them obviously come out of the U.S. Um, and as far as when we sell, you know, I would say probably 50% of our cars go back into the U.S., 25% might stay here in Canada, and another 25% go all over the world. Literally, we've sold, you know, Europe, 
uh, South America, Australia, uh, Hong Kong. Uh, we did our first deal, believe it or not, into Pakistan, the Middle East, just all over the world, literally. Excellent. Now, I know you travel a lot because I see you at Amelia, I see you in uh, South Florida, I see you in Monterey, I see you in Scottsdale. And do you travel yourself to many of the auctions overseas, let's say to Europe or to the other extreme, Japan, and places like that? I haven't been over to Japan myself yet, but Europe will go to uh, a little bit. Um, So, yeah, we're actually heading over there for the Essence show in a couple weeks, and... uh, you know, been to some of the auctions in Monaco and Italy and, you know, all over there. Okay. What do you see as a trend right now in the car, classic car world? Well, after uh, Amelia, I would say that uh, cars of the 80s and 90s are really making a, a, a big comeback. Countaches that you couldn't give away uh, two, three years ago for... 80 grand today are $400,000 again. Um, some of the Porsche stuff, I mean, shocking how much the Porsche stuff is bringing. Anything that's air-cooled is collectible. Uh, you know, 89 Speedsters bring in $250,000. And uh, so I think we're seeing a little bit of a shift from just the 50s and 60s and then some of the early 70s stuff, and now we're really seeing some of the 80s and 90s cars really catching on. Okay, 80s, 90s European cars, basically. Yeah, it, it hasn't shifted over to American cars yet, but I could see that coming. I mean, the uh, you know the baby boomers are, are... Well, I mean, I'm the trailing end of the baby boom, so I'm 52 now, and... and you know, we remember the 60s cars and the 70s cars, but really we grew up with the late 70s cars at the trailing end. And now the new guys that are, you know, 35 and 40 and, uh, you know, some of these dot-com guys are pretty young, making a lot of money. And they're looking at the 80s and 90s stuff. Okay. If you had to peg a car from the 80s or 90s, what would you say would be something to keep an eye on? Wow, that's a good question. Um I mean, a lot of that stuff is gone already, but every kid that grew up, uh, you know, through that era had a picture of a Countach, a 930 Turbo, and, uh, you know, a Testarossa on the wall, and they remember Miami Vice. And, okay. You know, if you were into American cars, you you know, you remember all the Smokey and the Bandit movies and that sort of stuff, so the late 70s Trans Ams. Uh, so I, I think you're going to see that stuff come back. Okay. Realistically, a lot of those cars are still affordable. I mean, they're still in the twenties, so that's by by today's standards, that's not a bad price twenty twenty five thousand dollars for for a nice uh, American classic, so to speak. You know, contemporary seventies eighties car, right? Yeah, absolutely. And what you're seeing is that as you know, with muscle cars, I think muscle cars have been depressed now since really uh, 08, maybe 07 even. And compared to all the European cars, they look cheap. Muscle cars from the sixties, even by a real nice Corvette, you know, small block, low horsepower car, but for 50,000 bucks, you can buy uh, a boss car for 50, 60, 70,000. That doesn't buy you a 190 SL. It doesn't buy you a 280 SL anymore. Uh, you know, Tigers Mark IIs have hit uh, $200,000 uh, <laughs> distantly now. So a um, North American muscle looks really cheap. You can buy a lot of car for under 100,000 bucks. Yeah. Um, 
the bulk of the cars that you sell now um you said there's a you know you sell a, a, a number of cars in canada do the is there a strong canadian car culture that those of us in america aren't aware of absolutely there's um you know the the big thing here is because we have fairly harsh winters right across the country so we don't have california and florida to escape to i mean a lot of canadians end up down there but as far as the guys that stay here year-round, really, they've got their cars tucked away from November until April, uh, sometimes even into May. So it's a really short season, but guys really like to enjoy them once the season rolls around. In the winter months, a lot of guys, you know, they're in the garage and they got the heaters going and, and they're working away on the cars. So you've got a steady six-month time frame that you can really get some work done. I used to work with a guy down here that used to broker cars to, uh, is it Newfoundland? Is that the, the little island up there in the northwest there, kind of? Or northeast, rather? That's about as east as you can go in, in North America. And I understand there's a fairly strong car culture up there, and they have to get there either, what, by ferry or by boat or something? They do. They do. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's interesting. We did the Targa Newfoundland maybe, uh, oh boy, four or five years ago, and uh, maybe longer than that, maybe ten years ago. And uh, the first trip I took out there, and it's a rally. It's like the Target Taz, and these guys go hard. You couldn't do this anywhere else in North America. I mean, they, 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 the laws just wouldn't allow it. And uh, great people, great car culture, uh, fabulous scenery. And, uh, yeah, these guys don't have long every year to enjoy their cars, but they get the most out of them. Now, when you say that Targa Rally, is that kind of like a take, a spin on the Sicilian race at Targa Floria, right? Because it's basically an island? Yeah. They, they, I mean, they go around, and what you have is you have uh, timed areas that, uh, you know, you have maybe three stages or four stages in a day that you go as hard as you can go, and then you have to travel to the next stage, and you have to abide by the speed limits and everything, and then uh, you go again as hard as you can go. And it's it's five, six days, and the cars are wore out, and you're wore out by the time it's done, but it's a great adventure. Wow. How many cars participate in that event? They get anywhere from probably 60 to 100 cars, depending what year it is. Okay. That sounds like pretty... That's a that's a decent-sized uh, group of people to participate. Oh, yeah. It's a great event. Now, you're also an avid vintage car racer. I've, I've run into you here at Sebring a few times, and uh, you're an SVRA guy. And I believe SVRA has an event in two weeks at Homestead. Are you going to be there for that with Tony Perella and the gang? I'm not. Uh, I think the first race we're going to do again this year is Indy. Oh, Indy. Okay. That's in June. They had the inaugural race last year, and it was just fabulous. I mean, you know, great venue, great track, and uh, I don't know how many cars. They probably had 600 cars show up, and I was talking to a buddy of mine today. They said just for Group 6, the you know, the big bore 60s cars, uh, the muscle stuff, they have already over 100 entrants. Now, share your thoughts on that a little bit. When you, Because Group 6, that's basically what we call, you know, affectionately refer to as the ground pounder class. That's all the, you know, the Shelbys, the Bosses, the Camaros, the Trans Am cars and stuff like that. Yeah. When, when you get a lot of cars on a track, does it make you a little bit nervous because it's a little crowded? No, that's when it's the most fun. That's when it's the most fun. I was watching a YouTube video of you a while back, and you were cha- you were in your Corvette, your 68 or 69 car, or 70, yeah. whatever, I think 68 69, and you were chasing some guy in a black Roadster with a cut-down abbreviated windshield and stuff, and yep. you were just on him, and you were trying to get around him. And where was that track? Was that Watkins Glen, or where was that track at? Glen. That's another fabulous track, yeah. That was at the Glen. 
And uh, so you 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 uh, hung in there pretty good. You got a little squirrely there, one little little one little area there. But uh, I can for for our listeners, tell us a little bit about um, vintage racing, and then then tell us a little bit how the infield is at Indy because I'm not real familiar with that because I know they have a you know everybody thinks of Indy as an oval, right? Um, what was the first question? Sorry. So, well, tell us a little bit your 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 how long you've been vintage racing and how you kind of got into it a little bit. Almost 20 years now, and I guess I'd never been to a racetrack until I was about 30 years old, and we were at a Shelby convention at Watkins Glen, and we were showing some cars, and one of my customers had a 66 Shelby that he was racing, and he said, come on for a ride with me, and I sat in the passenger seat, and I was hooked. I came home, I bought a 66 Hertz Shelby. Back then, you had to buy a real Shelby, and uh, converted to a race car and started racing. First race was at most poured up here and it was in the rain it was it was uh where the the hook got set real deep <laughs> okay and you've been bitten ever since yeah do you still have that shelby the one you started your first car your race car i don't but i it's interesting because i bought it back a few years ago and i sold it to a uh, fellow that owns a, a ford dealership here and he still races the car it wouldn't be uh, mike douglas by any chance would it Mike Douglas was the guy that took me out for that first ride at Watkins Glen. In his blue 66 Shelby. Yeah. I remember He wadded that up at Savannah. Do you remember that? Or was it Road Atlanta? Road America or something. One of the places down south, he, he got in a pretty serious accident with that car. He rolled that car really severely at Savannah. You're absolutely right. Yeah, I used to see Mike at Sebring all the time. How's he doing? I haven't seen him in a lot of years. He sold, uh, he sold the dealership. Um... Boy, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago. So I haven't seen him in probably five years. I, I, I don't know. It's a small world. You know, He the last the car you replaced that with was that um, Boss 302. We did a lot of work for him on that Boss 302, and then and I, en- I ended up buying that car, and we sold that to a fellow in England. No kidding. Yeah, that was the uh, Canadian Castro Oil-sponsored car, if I remember correctly, right? Absolutely right. How about that? <laughs> Interesting. Okay, so tell us about the Indy infield, their road course. Uh, I really like the track. I mean, obviously, the uh, and, and Tony did a great job because he gave us one day to run the oval. Not that it was a race, but you could go as fast as you wanted. And I'll tell you, after driving that oval, I have a whole new respect for those guys. Those are real corners that they're going flat out on. But um, the infield is really neat. I mean, it's got a nice rhythm to it. It's got some technical parts. Um, it's a, It's a really fun track. Of the tracks that you've raced, and I'm sure you've been out to probably the most notable ones, Road America, Mid-Ohio, Laguna Seca, Sonoma, Road Atlanta, Daytona Sebring. I mean, of all the tracks, and Mossport, don't forget that, up your way. Which track do you like the best, or which ones, what style of track do you like? Uh, all the fast tracks. So you named them, you know, Mossport is a, uh, our extremely fast track. Ron uh, Ron Fellows bought that track a few years ago. He's made it a lot safer with uh, paved runoff now, but it, it was a really, really uh, hairy track. And I mean, in a good vintage car, you'd probably average 95 miles an hour around that track. Uh, so it's really fast. Watkins Glen, Road America, uh, you know, Road Atlanta, they're all fabulous tracks. So anything that's sort of high speed, mm-hmm. uh, is interesting even coda this year which is you know it's got some great long straightaways and and it's a relatively slow track but uh, very technical uh it's it's a lot of fun too do you get out to lime rock i mean that's a short course it's only what a couple miles long but it's 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 very technical 
I've only been to Lime Rock a couple of times, and we were there for the Shelby convention, oh, I don't know, 15 years ago, maybe longer. And that first Shelby that I raced, I ended up uh, on on my side at the end of... Uh, at the end of the front straight, so wait a minute, you were you were fond the, memories there. Were you the car that rolled into the tire pile? That was nineteen. That was two thousand. Was that you? It was a black Hertz car. Yes. I can't remember yeah, how long. Yeah, I was there. <laughs> I'll be darned. Oh yeah, that was me in the air and on my side in that big puddle. Oh, I got pictures of that. By the way, <laughs> I was up on the hill when that happened. You there? Yeah, I'm still here. You here? <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I was I like I was taking pictures of it. I saw that. I couldn't believe that. It was getting very crowded in that first turn. Oh yes. Yes it was. <laughs> oh wow, Peter. Amazing. Well now you had a little mishap at Sebring one time too, because I know you went backwards there or somebody hit you in the rear of the Corvette, right? Uh no, it was actually John Ferrano and I. We built uh two twin cars and John's a good friend and and uh great racer. He's been running a lot of pro stuff. Uh he got out of vintage racing a few years ago, and his well, he won the uh, Continental uh, Tire uh, Championship two years ago, I guess. Uh-huh. But anyway, uh, we both, we were both trying to outbreak each other down the uh, the back straight, and then that uh, trying to think. I guess it's the last corner. The carousel. Both of us, yeah, both of us pirouetted into the wall together. Ooh, ooh, <laughs> we more than once. <laughs> Now is that Corvette? Is that the car you're racing today? Is that the same car? Yep. Okay, so you really like that car then? Yeah, we built that car seven years ago when I got back into vintage racing. I stopped racing for a number of years when the kids were go kart racing, and then got back into it about six, seven years ago. Hmm. Interesting. All right, let's jump over to your the TV show stuff. I mean, how's uh, Dream Car Garage? Is it it's in syndication now, or where's where's the, what's the status of that show? It's in syndication. Uh, it's on MAV TV and a couple other uh, places. We're in Australia, Fairbet, uh, the Middle East, believe it or not, and uh, in England. And uh, and then our new uh, show, Legendary Motor Car, we're just doing now, starting up for season three and four, which will go to air the first quarter of 2016. And that's on Velocity, right? Yeah, that's on Velocity. So we've done two seasons already, and then uh, we'll do season three and four coming up. All right, so is the format the same, kind of like Dream Car Garage with uh, Legendary? Different. Dream Car Garage was more of a magazine-style program where you had segments, and uh, after Tom passed away, we kind of got away from that. We started uh, doing a, for lack of a better word, like a documentary on what happens in our... uh, you know, in our showroom as well as our shop. So sometimes it's about the car deals and the interesting people that we meet and the cars, and other times it's about the restorations, and then sometimes it's about the events, you know, taking a car to Pebble Beach or going to an auction or, you know, any of that sort of stuff. Super. Now, you also co-host on uh, What's My Car Worth, too, from time to time. I've seen you on there. Yeah. uh, Every once in a while, Roger Williams is a, a good friend, and he produces that show, and uh, every once in a while he says, you know, come on on, and we do uh, we do a few stints with him. Okay. Now, as far as uh, people, if they want to find out a little bit more about your TV show and, and some background information, you have a website. Go ahead and tell us about that. Yeah, legendarymotorcar.com. Uh, we've, you know, we've got all the cars that we've got for sale, some of the restorations, and then, uh, uh, you know, you can look at the schedules for the TV episodes, too, there. 
Let me ask you this too. I know you're a real serious car guy, and you've got an amazing collection of cars. Your 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 website's beautiful, and your showroom is outstanding. I mean, you talk about first class. That's just an amazing facility that you have. Forty thousand plus square feet you have up there. Well, we actually did an addition a few years ago, so we're over fifty thousand feet. And then uh, we've outgrown that. We've actually got cars stored at other locations now, but it's it's grown, and the the whole hobby is just exploded in the last you know 10 years and i think what's happening is is cars are suddenly a mainstream i hate to say it but like an asset class and and you've got people that really enjoy the cars and you've got people that are buying it as investments and uh and the world is becoming a smaller place with the internet so you have a lot of people in countries that would never have looked at classic cars before uh you know, they're being opened up to it. And you take China, for example, where you have a lot of people that love what, you know, Americans have and American culture. And, you know, cars are obviously a huge part of that. And if you look at all the new manufacturers, I mean, their biggest market by far is China. And they're not allowed to have antique cars in there yet. So if they open that up at some point, I think you're going to see another surge in demand for, for collector cars. Really? China's not allowed to have classic or antique cars? I did not know that. Oh, no, not yet. So, you know, you have a billion people right there that are hungry for them uh, that aren't, they're not allowed in. Wow, that's incredible. You're right. If that floodgate opens, there'll just be a big sucking sound. All the classic cool cars will wind up in China. You could, you could <laughs> see that. We got a minute or two left. I'm sure with all the classic cars that you sell, does it break your heart when you have to sell a car you really don't want to, but the money is, you know, if, if that's what kind of motivates you, if somebody just makes you just an insane offer and say, well, I really don't want to sell this car, but it's, it's hard to turn down that offer. Does that happen? You know, what's funny is, is uh, both my boys are in the business and, and Gary's on the TV show and, and uh, my younger boy, Ryan, he would love to keep every single car. And after we, I said, well, what happens now? We're finished. We're out of money. So... We can't buy and sell any other cars. He said, well, I guess I see why you want to sell them. He's got a list that's probably 100 cars on it. And the cool thing is what we do every day is we get to, to buy, sell, and enjoy these cars. And, uh, you know, as long as we turn them over, it gives us another car that we can go out and buy and experience. Hey, Pete, I want to have you on the show again. Uh, we got less than a minute left. I want to thank you very much for coming on the show this evening. I want to thank my special guest, Peter Clute, Legendary Motor Cars in Canada, correct? And uh, be sure and check out his TV show, Legendary Motor Cars on Velocity. In the meantime, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Be sure and check out our website, GulfstreamMotorsports.com, every Tuesday, the most legendary and fascinating names in motorsports. Stay safe, drive carefully, and love your family. Break on to the other side. Break on to the other side, yeah. Chased our pleasures here, dug our treasures there. I can't still recall the time we cried. Bring on through to the other side. Bring on through to the other side. Bring on through to the other side. Bring on through. Oh, yeah! I don't mean to be telling tales out of school, but there's a fella in there who'll pay you ten dollars. If you sing into his can. Downtown Day. I'm not here to make a record, you dumb cracker. It broadcast me out on the radio. WTAN, Clearwater, Tampa Bay. WDCF, Dade City, Tampa Bay. WZHR, Zephyr Hills, Tampa Bay. Listen. You dumb cracker.